Are we doing this? Really? Wait for it. Are we doing this? Wait for it. Ow! What the fuck? WTF. And it's also, eh, what the fuck? What's wrong with me? It's time for WTF. What the fuck? With Mark Marin. Okay, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fuck, Nicks? What the fucking ears? Whatever the fuck you want to call yourselves. Look, I'm in my house. And you know what I went through with those boots, right? So, like, I got the new boots, the second pairs of boots. It was a it was a struggle for all of us to really get the right Red Wing boots. And it take me it's taken me about a month to break them in. So now, I went to the Levi store in San Francisco, which is of course the original uh, Levi store. I believe I believe they're still from San Francisco, if I'm not mistaken. The original Levi's. I may be mistaken, but. I don't think so, but I bought a pair of Levi's original fit 501 shrink to fit jeans and like I haven't bought these in a long time like they've never touched water. So I'm looking at them and of course I'm I'm into it because I think well those have integrity. I can make them mine. They're like the old days back in the day when all Levi's were hard and stiff and they, you would buy them and would, they'd be uncomfortable for weeks on end. And then finally you'd own those fuckers and they'd be your pants and they'd be no one else's pants. And then I thought like recently you buy these pants like Levi's and they don't even last long. They become garbage, you know, inside a year or two. So now they got these shrink to fit ones. Like I grew up with and I bought a pair well, before I bought them. I'm talking to the guy at the store who's packed into his pants. This guy is like, he's chubby and he's got a handlebar mustache. So already two strikes against him. Like, I'm like, how am I going to take this guy's advice? So I said, well, what do you do with these pants? What, I wash them and they're going to shrink to size? And he looks at me, he's like, no. Well, you have to, you never wash your pants. And like, I'm thinking, what, what does that even mean? You never wash your pants. And I'm thinking, do your pants smell like balls? How long have you not washed those pants? You're like a wa- walking, you, you probably smell like a ball factory. You mean your pants, they, ne- they never, do, are your balls, do you have immaculate balls? I mean, balls stink if you give them time and now you're wearing your pants for a year. Do you have friends? Do you date women or men? Does anyone want to hang out with you? I understand that maybe you think your pants are perfect, but you know, I'm now I'm like, I'm stepping back. Because I didn't catch the wave of ball smell coming off you, but I'm sure it's there if you don't wash your pants, freak. Obviously, I didn't say that. What I said was, well, what do I do with these? And he said, what you got to do? And he's serious with his handlebar mustache. So it's already hard because I think I'm talking to some sort of circus barker. He says, well, what I usually do is I buy him a size small, which is smaller than, than what I wear which is already ridiculous because they're shrink to fit. You're supposed to buy, buy a, a size bigger. So already I'm like, well, I can tell that I, I'm not going to wear my pants like yours anyways. But so he says, you put the pants on and you get into a bathtub with them. And, and then you get out of the bathtub and you towel off. And then uh, you wear them around wet for like an hour or two. And, and my first thought is like, that's fucking ridiculous. I'm not doing that. And then I thought when I got home, well, I'm just going to wash these pants. But then I, I thought, well, what if this guy's right? Or maybe you should do a little research. So I go online. And sure enough, what you're supposed to do to make these perfect, and God knows I am willing to commit to articles of clothing and shoes to make them mine, is that you got to get into a bathtub with them and wear them around. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to get into a bathtub. Well, I'm going to run the water. I don't even take baths. So the first bath, I'm gonna, I can't remember the last time I took a bath. So the first bath I'm going to take, I'm going to be wearing my pants. I don't even know if this bath works. I've, I've never taken a bath. Well, maybe once. Hold on. All right. So I don't even know how hot it has to be or why. Well, I guess I should be able to tolerate it. Wait. All right. So I'm running a hot bath. Ow. Ow. I may be a little higher than that. All right. Okay. Ow. Shit. All right. All right. So I'm going to run the bath and I'm going to take a bath with my pants on. I didn't want to do this alone. So I'm bringing you into this. And I don't know if anyone has any feedback on this, but the whole not washing your pants. I mean, look, I I don't have like smelly balls, but I mean, 
But I don't know. That just seems weird to me. But I, I will do the bath thing. All right. So I'm going to do that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fill the bath with water. I've got the pants on now. I'm wearing my underwear because, God forbid, they shrink too much. I don't want them to mold to my junk. You know, I'm not, I'm not in a band, though I could be if you, uh, if you heard me in San Francisco. But I've also, you, I've taken chances with pants, folks. You've been with me on this stuff. I mean, Janine bought me some skinny pants. I'm too old for that business. That just looks ridiculous. Makes my head look too big on my head. But I'm going to do this. I'm going to get into the tub with pants, and I'll, and I'll be back with you in a second. All right, so the bath is filled up now. Now, I don't know. Uh, do I leave my shirt on? I mean, if I'm going to do this, I might as well just maybe we should put a jacket on, too. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Has it come to this, folks? Is this the type of radio that I'm doing? That I'm... Or podcasting? This is definitely not radio. You couldn't do this at a radio station without getting... Well, you probably wouldn't get fired. But I'd have to have a special tub brought in. Yeah, this is besides the point. Who am I, Adam Carolla? Why don't I just say... You know, when I was a kid, we used to take baths in my pants. And my dad used to come in and bring us donuts from this place... Uh, that we used to go to, Joe's Donuts. And, you know, Joe was a great guy. I mean, Joe was one of those guys that, you know, made his own donuts and uh, he'd coat them with the icing himself. And we all knew Joe. But when we were in the bath with clothes on, my dad would, you know, he'd go get him at Joe's and tell Joe, I'm not doing that kind of radio, but, or podcasting. I'm podcasting. I'm not doing radio. But I am about to get into a tub with my uh, with my pants on. So... You know, maybe I'll take my shirt off. Yeah, hold on. Uh-oh. See, that's going to be a problem. I just dropped a recorder. Now, what if it drops into the tub while I'm doing this, and I die on the podcast in a bathtub with my fucking pants on? Is it worth it? I just want you, know, I just want you people to know you what the... F- Holy shit. I gotta run. When did I get so fucking fat? What the fuck happened? Oh, my God. I'm going to the doctor tomorrow. My cholesterol is going to be high. I'm risking my life on a lot of levels here. First of all, I'm risking it just by being fat. But more importantly, I'm about to get into a tub with an electrical device... All right, if I go down, I hope this is what you want. What the fuckers? I hope this was worth it. If I die in a tub with my pants on. At least my underwear are clean. But I never got that from my parents. I think that's a black thing to sort of make sure you put clean underwear on. I've heard so many black comics talk about this clean underwear thing. With the What if you get into an accident and you have dirty underwear? Well, the fuck difference does that make? All right. All right, well, I'm going to get in the tub now with my pants on. Okay. Well, this is fucking ridiculous. All right, if I die, just know that I have my pants on in a bathtub. All right, I'm getting in. Oh, oh, it's hot. All right. Now, I want you to know that I'm sitting in a bathtub with hot water with my pants on. Usually in this scenario, I'd be surrounded by a bunch of panicky friends saying, well, how much did he fucking take? How drunk could he be? He's got to be on stage in two hours. Dude, just like, I don't know, hit him in the face. No, we weren't going to take his pants off. I mean, he's fucked up. There are bubbles coming out of my fly and I didn't do anything. It must just be air. Because I would know if I was passing gas. Now, how how much time do I have to spend in here? Stosh, you want to come look at this? All right. I'm, ha- I'm bringing my housemate in to witness this. So, uh, what are you nervous about? I'm just in a bath with uh, my pants on. Well, you've never seen that before? 
You've never gone out with a drunk? Oh my god. But if I were drunk, I'd be like I know. But if I but if this was our relationship, you'd be like, What are you doing? And I'd be like, What? I'm just taking a bath. And you're like, Your pants are on. And I'd say, Oh shit. My pants are on. How long do you think I stay in here? I already looked. It just said take a bath. Like like people the bubble stop they it, the instructions were clearly for people that bathed i shower a rubber duck i don't know maybe a book or something i'm gonna get out soon should i wash my hair should i actually bathe or am i just supposed to sit here with my fucking pants on folks this is ridiculous but you know what if it turns out to be the best pants ever I just have a feeling it's not going to be any different than any other pants I've had. Um, I'm going to have a conversation now with uh, with Margot Gomez. Well, I don't know if she's bathed clothed or not, but I met Margot a long time ago in San Francisco, and uh, she's a lesbian comedian, and she uh, was one of the first of that you know the first wave of out gay comics in the San Francisco area. Uh-oh. I don't want to get my hands wet and things are falling in here. Nothing. I'm all right. No, I'm good. And um, I don't need help. I uh, Well, I met her a long time ago and I always thought she was really hot. And it was one of those situations where, of course, I'm like, is she really gay or do I have a shot at this? And I guess I have to talk to her about that. And um, And I haven't seen her in like 15 years. And I'm very excited because this is really the first time I've I've interviewed a uh, uh, you know very out uh, gay comic and and to be able to talk about that stuff uh, will be interesting for me. So I, I hope you like it. And I'm okay. I think I've had enough of the tub. Don't you think it's enough? A whole bunch are coming out now. I must have an air pocket below my balls. I never knew I had that much space in there. I think I'm done in here. Mom! I'm done! Come dry me! Maybe that's why I'm fucked up. That's what moms are supposed to do. They're supposed to dry you, right? No? You can't come in here after you. I just said that. Okay, I'll say something else. Stash! I'm done. Come and dry me off. All right, I'm getting out, and uh, and now I'm gonna walk around wet pants. All right, I'll be back. I'll let you know how this goes. We're about to have an interview here, but we're in the middle of a chocolate opening process. We're opening Vietnamese 72% pure chocolate, and it's never taken so long. Wow, they keep that. That must be really fresh. Oh, no, thanks. Are you, are you anti-chocolate? No, I love chocolate. I'm still... No, uh, actually, before my shows, uh, they got... Uh, I don't know why they would do this to an actress, but they wow. got me uh, C's box of seeds candy i like the, the good uh, stuff huh the mall stuff i get it's it's funny yeah because they always force the the one piece on you like here yep. have this have this take it but um yeah i never really thought much of it but um i i said well i just like the ones with the caramel and the nuts and so now they you can actually go to seas and just say what you want in the box oh so before uh, before my show which I'm doing tonight we do a little tech you know just run a few cues sure and then after that me and the stage manager we have our you know we go through our our cues and then we know we get like a piece of chocolate that's the reward at the end of the maze uh-huh yeah <laughs> yeah my guest is marga gomez who i have not seen in probably 15 years is that possible yeah yeah i didn't think you were going to remember me yesterday why wouldn't i remember you i always because speak I heard highly on your show of you that you don't remember anybody that's what you said that's i remember you okay well you said on the show uh-huh yeah that i don't remember and anybody. you weren't an I... asshole to me so both those things lies i didn't i was not an asshole to you you were not you were really nice i always had respect for you i think when how did we do the competition together at some <laughs> oh point i mean was God, it maybe 1992 the... maybe 
Were you ever in the SF comedy competition? You were. Uh, yes. One of my saddest stories. I came in second to last. But that was the year. It was like 92 or 93 because I only did it twice. And I did it the was first I, year. Was I bad all the way? No, I think it was in, I think it was in the 80s. I, got, I was better in the 90s. I could have, I think, no, know, I wouldn't. Have, I don't know how I would have met you if I, because I remember you specifically. I remember you around. And I know we did stand-up together. But it must. Have, I feel like we did the competition. But you, you would know better than me. Do you know that it was in the eighties? I don't think. I think I, I did the comp- competition when I was when I was just starting out. Uh huh. And in in the eighties, and I and I really, uh, I did so. Bad. I had one really good night. Suddenly, were, which was weird. Like I came in like in the top five that right. night. Right. But then after that, it was all like I would hang out with the guys. You know, um, you know with the. With you know, with the guys like I mean, Stephen Pearl, he's so sweet now, but I was totally scared of him then. And then uh, Monty Hoffman and all. And he's still th- creepy. Yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> but by the by the time it was time to go on, I was totally demoralized and and just insecure, and had all the negative voices in my head. And so every every show, I'd like oh well, that thing terrible. was the worst. It was designed to make you crazy. Yeah. So I think then maybe the and now there's more of them. Oh yeah, it, yeah. It, it, but but that particular one with the rating system they had, and they had like you know Price Waterhouse accountants or something uh-huh. trying to you know giving you this judging standard of these numbers that were meaningless, and they just made all of us fester over those numbers every night, and it, it was ridiculous. I'm glad we're past it. So I'm trying to think. No, then, I, I think I want to. I think you want to go ready, back in. You ready? Yeah, to go? things have yeah, yeah. things have gotten that bad. Uh, no. Maybe the competition will help. No, no more. We can't do it anymore. So I guess then uh, what I do remember is at that time when I was living in San Francisco and I was I lived here for a couple of years in 92 93 that you were really one of the first there was a thing going on in this in this city that had not really spread but it was this one man show one woman show format. Oh yeah. And uh, you know it was uh uh Josh Cornbluth, yes. right? Yourself. Yes. Uh, you know, I think Karen Finley was here at that time. Was she or New York? She was in New York. That I was think she earlier. She was part of the NEA three right. or five that right. Jesse but, Helms was after. Yeah, right. But there was sort of a a, a thing that was sort of invented mm-hmm. here that you know comedians or comic performers would do long form uh, monologue. Whoopi, Whoopi was here doing that. Right. She was working Whoopi on Goldberg. her mom's show, and then, and then all her characters. Then she went to New York. And, and that everything. was sort of this area that made yeah, that happen. Yeah, she was part of a company called the Blake Street Hawkeyes. Uh-huh. And uh, from being part of that uh, theater uh, collective, she started developing her characters. And then she worked at a place um, called the Valencia Rose. Right. That was one of the first gay comedy clubs. And uh, so she was she was working it out there. And uh, Did that, you so see her at that time? I met her, and uh, it's so funny because you know I was I was a big pothead, so I never follow through on things. Sure. And so um, she goes, "Yeah, we got a workshop sometime." Like she saw, I don't know what I was doing. Hey, we got a workshop. We got a workshop sometime. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh yeah, totally. I'm gonna call her." And I yeah. had her number, and yeah. I just never, never called. And then she got, you know, right, super famous. So this was before she broke. So she she had been in Los Angeles, and she came up here to work out the show. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if the timeline is right. I think she. Uh, I think she started she didn't here. Didn't go to. Yeah, she started here. She no was, kidding. She was. She was in the East Bay, and then she really started working thing, uh, working out things in San in San Francisco at this club, the Valencia Rose, which was a gay club. But their feeling was it was a queer club, and they yeah. felt like, and like Paul Krasner worked there, Jane Dornacker worked there. So it was like it was about queer. It was about being, you know, just uh, counter, you know, counterculture. So queer and gay doesn't mean the same. Not the feeling that we had back then. It was about being radical. So we called it queer. And of course, a lot of us, you know, we were having queer sex. But it, it wasn't necessary. It wasn't necessary. <laughs> to be queer, you didn't have to have queer sex. You just had to have a nice haircut. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, you had to, and you had to yeah. be a rebel. So we're going back to late 80s. I mean, would you say that you were there at the beginning of what really became the, the gay comedy scene here? I mean, stand-up-wise? Yeah, yeah, I was. And who was with you in, in during that time? I mean, who were they? I mean, I know Margaret Show sort of got embraced by that scene. But oh, the, that uh, Margaret also worked at that club. Yeah, like there was Josie's, and there was what was the other one called Del Rio or the uh, something? Where, where were you at the beginning? Well, there was there was mostly like the Valencia Rose, and that's okay. kind of what that's kind of where the philosophy of you know of this particular queer comedy and progressive radical counterculture comedy and what are we started. talking about there like what, what what kind of acts i mean what is the the, the was, progressive queer comedy manifesto well it was it wasn't you know it wasn't just a 
uh, you know, gay comedians. It was they also did a lot of performance art. Um, I don't know if you remember a group called Culture Clash. It was all sure. Latino comedy. They played there. Um, it was a lot of solo work happened there and and then um a lot of vegetarian food i think that was the downfall of Josie. uh well valencia rose and then josie's it was the same owner this guy ron lanza who uh-huh. now drives uh, a cadillac limo that's got a big dent in it uh <laughs> that's where he ended up no, yeah. he's got no restaurants anymore just a cadillac limo with a dent uh, yeah in it? well he supposedly was a, was a vegetarian and then he loved wine, but he started out as a, as a valet in Jersey, and he, he had all these stories. But he he opened up the Valencia Rose, which used to, which used to be a funeral parlor, uh, and uh, only in San Francisco. Yeah. Now it was a bar and performance venue. Uh, now then it became New College, but it, it was weird. It had a people say it might have been cursed because it was where. Um, during the Vietnam War, you know, they were just sending all the caskets there of all the soldiers in San Francisco through, through this particular funeral parlor. That's what I heard. Uh-huh. Um, anyways, so that lasted. That comedy club lasted for a few years, and the same people then opened Josie's, which used to be a pen store uh, right in the Castro. Uh-huh. And that's, I think, when everything um, kind of got merged, and it was... Um, it was the launching uh, pad for for Whoopi and uh, Margaret. Margaret and who were the the men? Was Scott Capurro or who was? Uh, oh yeah, Scott, totally. Yeah, Mark. Uh, Mark Davis. Mark Davis. And you were doing some stand up, but you always seemed to be coming up with one person shows. I mean, uh, that was more the focus. Yeah. Yeah, I um, I just was always around. My parents were in, entertainers, and my father was a, a comedian and a uh, Do a I know producer? Him? No, he was in Spanish show business. Really? Uh, yeah. In fact, Mark, I you know I'm a fan of yours, uh-huh. but I'm also a, a fan of of what you're doing here with yeah. the podcast. Yeah. And um, you know, and and I have. I mean, I bought all these microphones years ago, uh-huh. but the thing that my dad did that. I think I love the most besides the shows that he put on is that he had a recording studio uh-huh. upstairs. We had a house in, in uh, Washington Heights, uh-huh. in Manhattan. And, uh, and he had his, because he used to make his own uh, ads for the Spanish radio to present his shows. And then uh-huh. he would have me come upstairs and it was, and it, everything smelled fantastic. It was his, his cigarettes. And then it was like the, I don't know, the, the, um, the tubes, the, yeah. the, the tape, you know, the sure, reel to reel. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. it just smelled. Old technology had yeah. a smell because things yeah, were, coils Mantec, were burning. Mantec. Yeah. So, um, so he, yeah, so he did it all. He put on the shows, and, and but he made his, his ads, and, and was just like, I, it was my, I just love being up in that recording studio. He used to have his, his recording studio outside of the house. He used to have like an a a actual studio. But, but then my mother found out that besides making uh, promo ads, he was also yeah. having affairs yeah. in his yeah. studio. So yeah. the studio moved to the house. <laughs> <laughs> Mom stepped in, huh? Yeah, that yeah. was back in the day where uh, I guess people stuck it out because <laughs> this day it's like you know you can take your recording studio and move to another house. Yeah, she did. Yeah, she dealt no, with they them. they stuck it out for twelve years. You know, so, yeah. Five. Oh, so so what I was saying is that I, um, I just um, I like the attention of being on stage. I like amusing people, but um, stand up. I mean, I like telling stories, and I've I've been wanting to to try to make my stuff tighter and t- try to write jokes, but it's it's not exactly what you know they what I'm wired limiting. to do. Yeah, I mean, jokes can be limiting. I mean, especially if you want to to tell a story. I mean, the context of a stand up room is that you just got to get laughs. Yeah, and that, and that can be frustrating if you have more to say. Yeah, and 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 I I think I go up there, and I mean t- today I did two shows, and before I go, before I went on, I was just you know the, the full of self loathing and stuff, and then I went on, and people were like just enjoying everything. I did two different uh, types of, per- you know, I did one performance art and then one stand up, and they were just 
you know, they just really appreciate it. It's like, what is going why, on here? Yeah. This doesn't make sense. Why am I beating myself up? Yeah. What's that No, pattern? no, that wasn't. No, I said, why are they laughing? Oh, oh come on. <laughs> um, no, I know. I'm, I'm very self-deprecating. But that's why I love it because you're self-deprecating. And, yeah. And, and, and a lot of people don't appreciate that. And I just wish that it would really become fashionable. Again. Yeah. It used to be. Oh, back I, in I, the Catskills? I, well, no, no. I think in the 70s, I think that, you know, when Woody Allen was around and people were like, you know, <sighs> yeah. poor me. And I think yeah. it's always been part of comedy. Uh, I just think it's a delicate line to walk uh, uh, when you're self-deprecating not to be self-pitying because I just don't think self-pity is appealing at all. But I think that like, you know, I'm fucked and you know, aren't we all fucked yes, is one yeah. thing. But like, you know, like, uh, you know, I'm never going to, you know, like th there's just a fine line between self-deprecation and self-pity. Well, uh, being uh, being a lesbian and, and, and Latin and stuff, it is definitely, uh, there's not room for self-deprecation because the audience is just like, no, you've got to be a hero. You've got to be You're strong. You're struggling. You're yeah. struggling. <laughs> Hermana. <laughs> well, I find in Latin culture, I don't see a lot of that. There's not a lot of uh, self-pitying or... or uh, or I, there are certain cultures when I've talked to uh, Latino comics men, there's a macho thing that doesn't really en enable much uh, self-reflection, let alone uh, self-deprecation. Well, I have always felt like there's a, a neurotic Jewish man inside me. Oh, good. <laughs> so, good. Yeah. Well, good for you. But, um, but yeah, my parents were very, there was not any of that. Like they, you know, they thought going to a psychiatrist was crazy. Right. Um, and, uh, and my dad's, uh, well, my dad got married, uh, well, married again, and his wife would answer the phone, siempre luchando. I mean, that's how she, which means always fighting. Oh, really? Always struggling. Yeah, you know, keep going. Yeah. That was the first thing she'd say if someone called? Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. That's a lot of pressure. Yeah. yeah. Although sometimes Latins answer the phone, oigo. I'm listening. It's like, yeah. well, I really get on with it. Yeah, I don't even like what's up. I don't yeah. like that when somebody can't you just say hello? <laughs> can't we up? start what's out up? without pressure? Yeah, 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 yeah. So now, did you like? Did you ever struggle with uh, being gay on stage, or was that be, was that done by the it's time? Mostly you... off stage, and I struggle <laughs> with it. <laughs> Tonight I'll be struggling. Oh, really? <laughs> About yeah, one in the morning. Oh no! <laughs> Come on, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, no, I, I, I did. I, um, you know, I was one of the first uh, out comics, and I really wasn't sure, like outside of playing a gay club. I wasn't sure how to do it in a straight in a straight club. I didn't want to make it shtick. I didn't, you know, want to. Um, I didn't want to play to the stereotypes. I, I didn't know. I, I never am sure who I am. So it's very hard because I think um, part of going, uh, you know, having a really tight stand-up act is to have like this Define. identifiable mm -hmm. persona and they know mm -hmm. who you are. And I'm just, um, it, it's almost like I'm f shrouded and foggy. And I mean, some nights I know exactly who I am and and then I'm a different person the other night. So, so being gay, I mean, I know that I loved, like I loved women. I was crazy about women. And that was the only thing that I was sure of when I when I go on stage, um, but when I when I first started out, I would get um, gigs for Latino organizations. Uh -huh. And uh, one time, I had this gig that was out in, it was in the middle of Washington State, and it was part of their. It's already scary. Like they would have had a folkloric <laughs> dance troupe, right? Sure. But instead, they decided to go with a Latina comedian. So it's a cultural it was for, thing. Yeah, it was for forest workers. <laughs> Or force. I don't know what they're called, but rangers, rangers. Not even. I think rangers are cool. No, these were like for you know, like angry, angry old white men, uh -huh. and then to teach them about diversity. And so then I was the performers. I didn't really know, you know, how far to go with being gay. So I would, I would omit it. I would leave it out. I wouldn't lie. I wouldn't make up anything about it. But you it just was do the other it stuff. was a lie of a, it was a lie of omission. And, and did that bother you? Well, you know. Um, not as no, I mean it did a little bit, but then I got paid, right? And so it was like, wow, you know, I'm, and yeah, I mean, but at I, some point you made a career choice that, like, you, you didn't want to, you know, because I know gay comics that do not address it, and 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 given that there is a gay community that would support gay comedy, and to not address it, I think that there is some kind of pressure within themselves that uh, they're choosing not to be pigeonholed or, or only play to a certain community. Whereas now, it seems that the, the support is in both markets. 
Like they're, oh, yeah. yeah. But I remember you when. It's when, hot. Yeah. It's sure. hot. Try yeah. it. Try it, Mark. Oh, do I have to? I mean, I've come this far. Do I? <laughs> Do I have you to, must have do, one do of I your have, crazy nights in the past. You well, must. Have. You know, I'm not. I'm not prepared to talk about that specifically. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> maybe when I was in college, you was and a Monty, couple of, yeah. Monty Hoffman. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. But 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 I remember early on that you were. You, you, I mean, I couldn't. Well, I mean, is that rude of me to say? Like, I don't want to offend anybody. But you know, you no, were it's just you and me here. You, you know, you were. Uh, you had long hair. You did. You definitely didn't identify as as gay. You know, in uniform, when when we were younger, I had long hair then. Yeah, I mean, I remember I had long hair. Jeez, Mark. What? That you have a good memory. Yeah. Well, I you know I I, I thought you were hot, and I uh, you know I, I thought you were hot. So what the fuck? I really liked your <laughs> I liked your sideburns. <laughs> yeah, I had sideburns. You had long hair. I wanted the sideburns. <laughs> oh, you wanted the sideburns. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know exactly what I wanted with you, like to be you or to be with you. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. No, you were so cool. You knew how to drive. It was great. It would have been great. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I. Yeah, I'm not quite sure when it, when the hair. That's true. I did have the long hair. But I just wondered if that there, there was a conscious choice to not like because you know, despite what anybody wants to think about generalizations or stereotypes, there are you know you know uniforms and physical identifiers of being part of the gay community. Well, you're a little more there now. I'm a little more. Yeah, but I was, just like <laughs> chopped all my hair off a couple of days ago. Yeah. Oh, this is it. Yeah. But was there like at that time where you like you know I I don't want. If I'm going to talk about it, I want it to be my choice. I don't want to be identified as as gay when I walk out on stage. Well, I started. I mean, the first time I did stand up was at the other cafe at an at an open mic, and so yeah, I was just I just wanted to do comedy, mm-hmm. and so I was you know I was somewhat in the closet you know because I first of all I was ter- terrible you know I was just they put me on uh, like do you remember the other? I was before I it was got before here. Before the other, yeah, uh, it was really a great place, but uh, but in the beginning I got you know terrible spots and and they say they did that to women, uh, but they all they all they. Definitely did it to bad, bad comics. So right. um, I went on, and I I didn't even know what you know I didn't understand what stand up was. I mean I should have. My dad did it, but he did it in Spanish, so I didn't know what he was saying. Um, Do you speak Spanish? No, I have a show about. It's called uh, Long Island Iced Latina, and it's about how I can't speak Spanish uh-huh. and you know culturally confused and all that. Um, but I guess yeah. I mean I did. It was weird. I had the long hair, but I've always been very very boyish. And I did this show about my parents, and I and I. I re you know I act as my mom and as my dad and when I my mom was a was a showgirl uh she was a bleach blonde and she was gorgeous and and uh, she was just always you know just everything was low cut everything and in the show I play her and I totally I do it right you know I do all her sexuality and all that and I think doing those shows got me a little bit more confused because I'd always been kind of a you know a bit of a boy mm-hmm. and uh I'll tell you, I used to dress up like my, you know, my, my parents would go out and do shows yeah. and then I would be like left in the, in the house, kind of a latchkey showbiz yeah, yeah. kid. Yeah. And I go and I would never, my mom, my mom, like every other girl would be nuts going over like the furs and all my mother's yeah. crazy clothes. Uh-huh. I just go and put on my dad's like plaid tuxedo, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'd be walking around yeah. and I'm a comic now. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So I, I don't even know that I'm, I just really think that men's clothes are so much more comfortable. Um, and I always liked the girls who were more feminine. Uh-huh. So I suppose that yeah, I suppose that that was me. And yet I had that long hair. So, you know, I was just kind of mixed up. I'm really, I've been really, really immature. I'm not going to say. But how you weren't I'm mixed up with your sexual identity. You were just mixed up about how you wanted to present yourself. Yes. Right. Wow. Thanks. That is true. That is true. Yeah. So I was. Prese- I mean, I had the. I mean, look. There, there's long-haired butches. Oh yeah. And and they're no butcher than the long-haired butches. Right. You know, right. They yeah, just, yeah. They're yeah. so butch. They just grow that hair like they've just been chopping trees down like paul bunyan right that yeah. kind yeah yeah or johnny yeah. appleseed right yeah. so i think that's kind of what i was and then i then i did the the la thing and i kept the long hair so that you know i could get one of those parts I was, you know yeah if you had the, to pass you could yeah the yeah. attorney so i could play the attorney oh, okay yeah yeah because they all have that hair now what was the first show do you remember how many one person shows have you done is it i've done eight i think uh-huh yeah and, and what were the like you've got one up now Oh yeah, um, this one I'm doing now. Um, um, there's about four more. I think I'm done with that run on uh, at the end of June. Whatever. What's it called? Um, it's called Marga Gomez is proud and bothered. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to call it Rainbow to Hell, 
but the theater didn't want me to. I think that's great. Isn't it great? Yeah. I know, and I can't because I've already changed the name once. Rainbow I, to hell. Isn't it great? Yeah. I know, that's kind of how I feel about this whole pride thing. What, what does that mean, the whole pride thing? Well, um. Are you turning on the, uh, on the community? Oh, no, 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 I'm just, What's, I'm just wh- turning. <laughs> okay, well, what does, what does pride mean when you say that? Well, it's just, it's so commodified. And, uh, okay. you know, when it, when it first started, it was definitely, uh, a, you know, it was a rebellious act, you know, in the, in the, you know, back when Judy Garland died or whatever. And then it was, you know, it was, a. Uh, it was a celebration of freaks, you know? It was necessary yeah, to define yeah. the community. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's still, I mean, it's necessary to, to, to you know, champion individual freedom. Sure. But it's it's all corporate sponsorship now. And, uh, you know, when, when I first came out as the gay comic, it was, um, it was people who were hungry. Uh, and now people are kind of spoiled. I mean, they, you know... You know, there's logo and there's Ellen and there's um, there's the gay marriage thing and 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 there's so many more people that came out, but there's some boring people that came out too. It just used to be all the hip people that came out, and now there's like people who's like, "Wow, you seem so straight," but no, really, you yeah. like pussy? Yeah. Okay, um, and they just want to get married. The, the boring like, gays are ruining it for you, huh? Well, kind of, kind of. So. <laughs> You know, I just want to, you know, I just want to keep it freaky and fresh. Uh-huh. And so, so Pride, I used to, this, this show is about my journey as a, as a gay Pride MC, And, and, and it begins with my first Pride when I was like a 19 year old and, you know, practically kicked out of the house. And, and, you know, I, I, I found shelter with the, the gays and the lesbians and the drag, drag queens. And then I became a professional homosexual. And then suddenly it, it just, you know, after the years went by and, you know, and I really, I, I just was obsessed with women. I, I wasn't even involved in the, the politics and the deeper meaning of it. Uh-huh. And, um, and women are terrible sometimes. <laughs> and so I got into, you know, after like, after the, you know, years of being a gay pride MC, I wound up in New Jersey and it just was, it's kind of when pride was turning where they don't really hire, they don't, they don't pay, they don't support gay performers who does the the people who put on the prides the pride parade them, pride those days. people those people right. yeah they um they hire like every american idol runner-up every has been so you, oh singer. so you're saying that they're almost like they're more they're they've become preoccupied with camp icons with that getting, can make money as opposed to members of the community not even camp icons they had um uh, was that bare naked ladies oh that's was interesting. the band at, at gay pride last year is like Sexually ambiguous bands? I guess. Yeah. I guess, that, yeah, because they got a title. There was like, these guys aren't even like, I don't are see one earring. Are they not? Not one yeah. earring. Not yeah. one earring. So, um, well, that's so that was my, di- so, so that's what happened. You know, they, they just, you know, Taylor Dane was the headliner. So this show is about kind of just having a meltdown and, you know, and, um, you know, and, 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 and the conflict of, yes, I, you know, I totally am the person I am because I'm gay and it means so much more than uh, than wanting to 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 be in a relationship with with a woman it's it's about looking at the world in a different way and 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 fighting and and challenging um uh, authority whatever so um so anyway it's a comedy though yeah or a challenging dogma cultural dogma yeah, legal thanks. dogma yeah but but I think that's interesting that you know you come into it uh, and you get uh, a sort of um, you're taken in by the community because because of who you are. But your politics were not in line with or or, or they didn't exist in terms of how because it seems to me that in my understanding of it, which is not deep, that 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 pride as it evolved was necessary to, to define the community both uh, politically and, and also, you know, uh, to to give a space for everyone to live uh, comfortably the way they are, you know, feel like living. And that uh, that what we're seeing now is that some progress has been made and 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 obviously the, the community is very strong, but now it's profitable and that, you know, it's been co-opted by, you know, maybe maybe I'm not sure, but I mean, they're obviously gay friendly corporations, whoever's getting involved in, in monetizing pride, but it could be any corporation. Yeah, no, it's um, I, I I think it really went downhill when uh, the uh, West Hollywood the, the gay parade in in L A. Mm-hmm. They made uh, Paris Hilton the Grand Marshal. 
what does that have to do with anything? What does that have to do with the kids who, who get like, you know, beaten up, you know, in the being, Midwest? Yeah, yeah. What does that have to, you know, it's certain people be, uh, get leadership of, of this movement that's marginalized. And forget where they come from. Right. And they, they pursue their own dreams, their star fucking dreams. And they try to just like get with, you know, every celebrity that they can. And they don't, they don't understand that the, that that the point of this is to, to 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 pull everybody up you know that they're they should be looking out to like the, to the the smallest you know insignificant person who's gay and and making it making it something that's going to transform their lives instead of just you know trying to go on some sort of power trip right so it's getting away from the sort of uh no i get what you're saying yeah. it's getting away from the the harvey milk agenda yeah. And and moving more into like, we're all good. Let's just have the girls that we want on on because we love them. Where, where are the yeah, divas? Yeah, no lesbians either. It's, it's all right. fag hacks. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, yeah. I've always wondered about that, about, you know, the actual, the, 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 the weird necessity of, of lesbian culture to be aligned with gay male culture. It ought to work. It should work. Well, I, I never <laughs> saw it. it. it I never saw it. I never understood how it should work. We are below the fag hacks. It's, it's, um, I'm jealous. I'm jealous of the fag hacks. First of all, when I was a, a little, you know, like ragamuffin baby dyke and I go to, you know, the clubs with, you know, my gay guys who we worked in a plant store and went to the club. Yeah. Um, I would always try to go up to these really pretty women and ask them to dance and they'd always say no. And it's like, what? And because they were straight, I didn't realize. I thought, wow, those are really pretty. What are they lesbians. doing here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think fag hacks should at least put out to lesbians <laughs> and then I don't mind but if they're not gonna like put out and then the gay guys are gonna like book you know all these like you know straight lady singers and Jennifer yeah. Hudson and whatnot right you know and then we're just the ones on the bottom just like driving the floats yeah that's not okay <laughs> that's not okay we have a dyke march here yeah in San, in, in, in well, why, San Francisco well, well, why do you think that is I mean it's it, not a parade it's a march yeah. don't you see it's just not as fun well, but, but is that the, the, the gay guy's fault no they're not even allowed in uh, at a march but they could only stand to the side and just be jealous well but it just seems like the, 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 the glamour of, of, of male homosexuality and what it drives in culture you know on the level of fashion and everything else is just different than the cultural priorities of the of the lesbian community, is it not? Well, I mean, I, I don't mean to be too. I'm I'm, try, I'm not trying to over intellectualize, but I mean, if you were to, if there was glamour within the 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 lesbian community, if you were to separate if, them, if oh, if you were to separate them, what is it? What would you these, like to see happen? Look at these shorts. These are boyfriend shorts from the Gap, <laughs> and I roll them up perfectly. <laughs> Okay. Well, that, that well, that's well, that's that's specific. No, Mark. Let me let me tell you. It's not even about about the gay men and lesbians. It's about class now, and the and the and the gay community is has broken up into into the rich, and and the poor. And my fans are all poor, okay. and they can't afford to pay for a ticket. They're always like, "I saw you at that street fair. Yay." great you're the best comedian in the world i saw you on youtube thank you fan thank you but the well that's the, interesting so you're saying that in a bigger sense the lesbian community is is not as uh, up in the hierarchy on a on a status or business level well you know i haven't taken the census yet no, i know but, but i'm just no, trying to but, generalize but, but i i think that yeah the, the to me, I mean, it, it seems like, yes, there there are there are men who are connected, very well connected, uh -huh. and you know they they look out for each other and for the things they think are cool. Now, I just did a show, t one of the shows I did today, it was like, wow, all these you know rich guys. I mean, they're so rich, like they have every you know, and like I go hang out, you know, like their apartments, like oh my god, they got all this stuff. I have nothing. Yeah. But there's like all these lesbians who are now they're very famous. It's a lot of hot lesbians, you know, Jenny Shimitsu, you uh -huh. know that. I mean, there's like this whole uh, clique and it's large. And Is it it's new? Like mm, it's kind of been developing for uh -huh. a while. You know, Madonna got, got right. the girls going. Sure. and uh, But, uh, you know, like out of L.A. and San Francisco. And you, if you, I mean, there's clubs that I could take you guys to. And you just see like all these hot lesbians. And they're actually, 
like way i mean they're way more fashionable than um than a lot of the young straight girls going yeah, on i mean right. i mean it's almost like lesbians have made a decision not to look at all like the older lesbians mm -hmm. So they are, uh, you know, I mean, they're just very, very current and they're ahead of the trend. Do you think that this class issue you're speaking to is about like, not only is it hard for women in a general sense, but for gay women, it's even harder? Uh, you mean to... Yeah, jobs, uh, you know, integrating into, uh, uh, you know, social situations. I mean, I, just from experience, I mean... Um, well, I think it... Yeah, I mean, I mean, you have to be a, a, a certain kind of person to to make it in in the corporate world, mm -hmm. and um, you know, the lesbians that I came around and stuff, we were, I mean, yeah, they would have to be more blue collar, have mm -hmm. more blue collar skills, you know, work with their hands or, or or know how to do computers or something. But the ones who 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 move up the corporate ladder, I think, know how to play the game and know how to you know have the look and then they do well but there's i mean there's just so so many more of them i mean i just you know so how's your anti-pride campaign going <laughs> well um my show actually ends with uh with a gay a gay rage parade and i set fire to uh the new york heritage of pride so but i don't mean like anything again i mean I, no, I just a, yeah. don't want, because you know it's it's, it's really for the children it's yeah sure it's really of course for the, it's for the young it's like uh their christmas right and um and it means even like even for me like i've been uh on a couple of those logo comedy shows uh -huh. and um i mean my shit got edited and it's like oh geez i don't even know like did they even like care about what I, you know they just chopped it up and whatever but every now and then you know just be like i'll have all these young fans and 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 they tell me like what they're going through and it's like oh my god that's horrifying and like they'll see something on tv and it, it means so much to them and i'm always mad because i you know i don't really get on tv that much so it's like i wish you would just go to live shows right don't cut out the message so you so i think it's a beautiful sentiment that you believe that that what pride stood for and should stand for is that you know there's there's a safe place for for people that are feeling victimized because of their sexuality and yeah. if, if the community isn't representing that then they're missing the point of what pride was supposed to be i mean i think it's like i'm not anti-pride or i mean no, I, I, get just, it. I, mean, I get it no no, no but, but i think it's, i want to get it back i want right. to get it back because i mean i you know the, people always compare like you know the, the the, the gay movement to the to the black movement but you would never see you would never see a uh, conan o'brien hosting the essence awards no but yet you know glad awards i'd I like guess. to see that <laughs> but, <laughs> i don't think we will <laughs> um but you know but but meanwhile we have these awards like uh glad awards you know yeah. the gay, gay media awards and they just give awards like to to jennifer aniston because she kissed like a woman in like that movie with uh Marky Mark, right? Rockstar, right? That you get an award for that? I mean, I'd want her to do lesbian porn to get an award. <laughs> I understand. I would too. Actually. Yeah. So I just we're we're just so um, we well, just got to think better of ourselves. We got to just yeah yeah. I think those are I think those are our political motivations. That that's about you know integrating into the culture of celebrity and into the culture of the mainstream without really taking into uh, what you're saying is that they're neglecting the people that really need to know that the community is a community that yeah. that welcomes everyone and certainly would reach out to those people who were being victimized or yeah. in in a difficult situation. Yeah. Or alone. Now, I mean, it's not like I want to do like gay, you know, like yeah, no. gay, because we're in, we're sort of in this um, phase now where there's, there's almost like, it's almost accepted now in the entertainment industry. And there's, there's, you know, I mean, there's so, so many more high profile out people yeah. that it's not as much of an issue. And so it's kind of like, there's only so much material you can do about being oppressed or being denied. I mean, issues come up, but there's other things to talk about. So, you know, I mean, I, I kind of do, it's like, I see there's a lot of gay comics. It's like, you know, I can maybe start talking about other things. And then maybe I wouldn't be so frustrated. Well, I, I, I understand that, but I think your heart's in the right place. You know what I mean? Well, Someone's yeah. got to stay, you know, stay at the front. You got you to gotta fight the fight. Oh, no, I'm not fighting any fight. You know, I just really want to, you know, I just represent myself. Right. I mean, I, I, I think, you know, it's, it's what, what you do. And it's, and, and the fact that I'm, that I'm, I'm gay, it's just part of, 
it's just part of my relationship. I'm going to, because I talk about, you know, I talk about lust and, and frustration a lot. And, um, and so I talk about my girlfriend and relationships. And so it's, you know, so that, that come, because I kind of live like, um, I'm a little bit like a bit of a hermit. So I don't even know what's going on half the time. And right. I know the gay people want to get married, but I don't want to get, you know, I don't yeah. want to get married. I know they're having a lot of children, but I don't really want children around. Yeah. You know, and I don't really want them at the, I mean, oh, all the prizes, all the children, you can't even say anything sexy anymore. It's terrible. But, um, but yeah, I just want to, you know, I mean, I'm kind of just glad that, there's so many more gay comedians and yeah. that it's kind of, it, it just going to kind of beat this horse to death. That's not a good thing to do. Right. So I, I, I'm not sure what animal would be good to beat to death. Right. Horses should not be beaten. But that, you know, you just get up there and then it's, it's not a big deal. I think it's maybe five more years uh-huh. and you won't even be able to be a gay comic. You know, or define yourself as or have a yeah, yeah. have a career based but you're on keeping that. it pretty personal i mean so i mean it's, I'm it's personal. A, yeah That's it's a human it. experience it's not a gay experience yeah yeah like i'm just you know I, I think i'm just getting more freaked out and i'm 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 broke and i think that's really what i'm going to be focusing on more in my act well what tell me this story i wasn't always broke i squandered it it happens yeah it comes and goes <laughs> oh will it come again sure all right i'm going to be smarter this time uh, yeah it'll come again yeah, yeah. So uh, now I, I heard you mention something uh, as I was walking out of the radio station. I want to hear the story about the married lady. I can't let you go without hearing the story about the married lady. Oh, the married lady. <laughs> Didn't you have an affair with a married woman? That was, uh, yes, a couple of times, a couple of times. Um, you know, and I really, I'm such, I feel like I'm such a faithful person. Like I don't cheat. It's yeah. like it's been years and years and years since I cheated. Like, you know, like that doesn't count in your 20s. It yeah. doesn't count, you no, know. Something but you since have to I've go through. A, yeah. yeah, but you know, since like thirty on, never cheated. Totally believe in keeping a promise to mm-hmm. somebody. But um, if other people wanted to cheat with me, mm. you know, and I was single, I felt that that was okay. But it's not, is it? It's not. It, it, it gets messy. Yeah, and it's not no, as it's bad not. as what they're doing. That's, That's right. Yeah. No, it 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 isn't okay, really. Well, this lady, she was dangerous actually, too. <laughs> oh yeah, emotionally and That's, possibly and that physically. And hot, hot, yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, this was she was actually separated. Mm, she was sure, separated. that's what they always say. And she was the volunteer. This is the, basically the story of the show. She was the volunteer that picked me up at the train station mm-hmm. to go do New Jersey Pride. Okay. And um, I thought she was gay. In fact, I thought she was like super gay. She looked really sporty, like she had just you know uh-huh. come off a rugby match. Oh, okay. Which is weird because I know I told you I like uh, femi girls. girls. Yeah. But she was pretty too. Yeah, she's like she's a little, she's a little sporty. Jockey me, housewife. We'll see, you know, we'll see what happens. But yeah. then I saw there was like kitty toys and stuff. It was like, oh, yeah. she's she's you know One got a kid kind of, and she's yeah. got a girlfriend and stuff. And then it turned out, no, she was single. She and um, she didn't tell me she had a. Oh yeah, she didn't tell me she had a husband. She told me she was a stripper. She'd been a former stripper. Oh yeah. So basically, for that whole that that whole day, I was totally like focused on her, mm-hmm. and I was being a terrible MC. You know, I was just like, I was like, where is she? Where yeah. is she? Oh yeah. yeah. And then, um, and then when she gave me a ride home, of course we, you know, planned to meet the next day. It was Tito Puente's funeral, and my I had met him. He worked with my dad, and I wanted to go to his funeral. I mean, it was impossible to get in. There were so many people. But she wanted to go on a date with me, Tito Puente, or this, yeah, this slut. Yeah. And I was like, I'm gonna try to do both. Yeah. So it's like, I'll meet you uh, at this place, then we'll go to Central Park with your kid. But I'll try to go to Tito Puente's funeral as well. And there were so many Latinos there, and it was like a big. You couldn't get in. Uh-huh. You know? So I kind of just stood outside the church and saw people um, badmouth Geraldo Rivera, and then I went to meet her that night. And then we wound up, you know, just doing stupid stuff and she had a stupid, stupid hot stuff stupid hardly she told me she was a stripper she told me she could make her asshole wink yeah and um and none of that i think we had like a little <laughs> bit of sex like the first night but her daughter was there uh-huh. like she, they were in my apartment and uh-huh. the daughter and the daughter slept and we kind of fooled around a little yeah, bit yeah. but then after that um i go to her house and then she was always kind of just um, it's just kind of you would string me along like in her house sure, sure. you know yeah, 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 yeah. Um, she was uh, manic 
She wasn't manic depressive. Yeah. She was just manic. Hypermanic. Mani- she had mania. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She had mania. So doing a lot of things. Yeah, so she told Flitting me. around. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So she'd suddenly want to pull her guitar out and play um, Anything Tracy, but Tracy Chapman's. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think we were going to have sex and then something else would then, come up. Then you're hearing Tracy Chapman, which and is. And then her husband started coming around. And so so basically what happened um, to, is that she, um, I was doing a show and I was still like kind of, you know, in love with her. A month had gone by, not much sex, but thought it would still work out. And she did not come to the show that I was doing. Mm. Um, she said she was coming. She was so proud. I've been working on the show. She told me that her daughter was in the hospital in the emergency room with a fever. Oh. And, um, and that whole night I couldn't sleep. Um, and I kept trying to call her to find out what was going on. I just kept getting her voicemail. Um, and... Um, it turned out that her daughter was not in the hospital and she got back with her husband and she just kept screening my calls Ugh. until I figured out that she could see my cell phone. So then I just used a different number. Sure. And I, and she was on the beach. I could hear the waves. Yeah. And I said, uh, it, it's me. And she goes, hang on a second. And then she hung up on me and and that was it. That was the last, not really the last I heard of her, but that was the end of that affair. So, um, so that's kind of in in the story. I, I I make it a little bit, you know. Yeah. I I, I kind of take some liberties with it to to make it more. Um, and what's what's into the, what what's the underlying underlying thrust of it? Were you like emotionally hurt? Did you find that you, you, when you deal with people that are either you know that are half straight, that it's it's an emotional risk for you? I mean, is that something you find yourself in? No, I'm good at that. Uh, but uh, no, um, gee, I don't know. I, it's, I have really had a string of like straight quasi-criminal ladies. Uh-huh. Uh, now I'm in a, uh, I've been in a relationship for like almost five years. So everything's, oh. everything's you know, finally down. Gone. Yes, I've settled down. But back <laughs> then it was for some reason, I was, I was living in New York. So, you know, there's that, that criminal element. Oh, yeah. Sure, really yeah. pretty oh, criminals. Oh, they're here. They're here pretty too, criminals. Yeah. Um, no, I just, I was so stupid. I was so stupid. I think I, you know, it's cause I was, I was, uh, it was just a dumb little kid who didn't get enough love. Yeah. And then I always went after the kind of girl who was kind of, you know, to, to just be ridiculously like, you know, analytic, you know, like my mom, sure. you know, show girl. It's like, I always went for somebody who rejected me. I mean, I think that was my plan. Yeah. So when she dumped me. I, I kept calling, and that's what you're not supposed to do. So I had to make big signs, yeah. and I pasted them all over my apartment, uh-huh. like signs that would say, wait a sec, which is the last thing sure. she said. Yeah. You know, signs that said, you know, cokehead, because uh, she was actually, you know, uh-huh. still up. on coke. She said yeah. she was clean, but she yeah. wasn't. Um, and just like all bad things that she had said and done to me. So then uh, there was just everywhere I looked, there were messages. That, and then my friends came over and sat with me to, you know, it it takes about like one one week of of uh, having somebody watch over you. What right, do they call that? Suicide the, watch. Well, yeah, for it. you, it was like obsessive. You, you didn't want to because it's so easy to cross the line when you're following that type of obsessive emotional pattern to not become crazy stalker person. Yeah, like yeah. to not be seen that way. You know, because all of a sudden it's not stalking if you just call, is it? No, it's <laughs> no, not. It but it's yeah. no, it's not stalking. But like when you're doing that, because I've been there too, and I and it's been done to me. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that. That all of a sudden you don't realize it's not the old days anymore. If you call someone 20 times in an hour, it's all right there. Oh my God, that's it's, happened to me. That, yeah, I didn't I mean, know the, how cell phones worked. Yeah, so so like they can, it's like they can literally go, you want to see what I'm going through? That's 20 yeah. times in an hour. Yeah. So, so yeah. It, it just, it's almost like a map of your obsession or, or your need to connect. And it's so easy for people who are on the other side of that to dismiss you as like, it's crazy crazy not that posting signs all over your apartment have friends over it that that's not crazy that's just uh that's good signs really help and you know it you know what it's made me into an incredible advisor for people who are having uh breakup problems Mm -hmm. because i'm the one who always says delete the number delete it never call them i mean i'm very i'm very you learn the hard way yes (sighs) and so i just you know yeah the main thing you don't do is ever call them because you know all you ever want is to just to tell them that 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 wasn't fair right sure i just want an explanation right (laughs) but there's no explanation but but you know sometimes though when you're because i i do the same thing too i mean i've been attracted to people that were distant and you know 
there's it's hard to to really sort of make the argument from having that emotional wiring to saying like you just want closure but you also want to engage oh like maybe like once more yeah but you but but One any engagement is engagement the hay, there's yeah. well there's part of you that's sort of like you know i'll, I'll settle for anything you just talk you know talk to me yeah yeah. No, I think I am also like hoping for just one more fuck, yeah. you know, just oh, one, sure. one more, you know, yeah, kinda, yeah. I was kind of freshen up a little bit, yeah. like, have that last cup of coffee, just in case, just in case. <laughs> I don't see you again. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was great talking to you, Marga, and I'm so glad you uh, you told me that story, and I'm, and I'm glad you're doing well. You seem well. Oh, thanks, Mark. You know, I, 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 have, a, I have a really wonderful person that um, has kind of just settled me down, mm. and, uh, you know, I, and, I, and I don't... You know, I take every day as it comes, and and I really feel like I've been very blessed. I, you know, Good. I don't think my career is like you know as phenomenal as I thought it was going to be. Whose is? Yeah, but there's always somebody who's doing worse. And also, you do yeah. you're doing work that you like. Yeah, I mean, you can't I do forget it I that. Love. Yeah, I love. and that yeah. you know that that does mean a lot. And it's probably the most important thing. But you know, when we get hung up in that comparing ourselves to other people, then we start to look at ourselves differently. But I mean, after a certain age and after a certain point, when you've been doing something long enough, you know, I had this conversation with a, a couple other people where it's like, you know, I'm, I'm doing what I want to do, and 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 that really is an amazing thing. I'm way happier than I yeah. than I was Most 10, 20 years ago. Most people don't even get to do that. Yeah, I know. Well, I'm glad you're doing well. Is there some place? Do you have a website? Yeah, um, uh, I just had it like redone and everything. Oh, a refreshed so, website. Yes. What is it? Uh, Margagomez dot com. That's M A R G A G O M E Z dot com. Yes. Was well, lovely seeing you. Same here, Mark. So now I'm walking around in these pants. They're wet. What if I get like a rash? I mean, you're not supposed to walk around in wet pants. I'm just gonna put my sandals on. I gotta go out in the garage and and mail t-shirts to you guys. So, oh, now I'm tripping all over the house. I mean, what am I supposed to do? Wear these outside? All right, the saga of the pants will continue. Uh, I hope you enjoyed Marga Gomez. And, uh, and, and please go to WTFpod.com for your JustCoffee.coop fix or check in with StandUpRecords.com or PunchlineMagazine.com. There's a lot of options. Get on the mailing list because I'm putting a lot of work into that too. And oh, now why did I do this at night? I'm going to be cold. Oh, my feet are farting. Listen. That's my sandals. I drowned my penis, and now my feet are farting. This has been an amazing show. I'll talk to you guys later. I'll let you know what happens with the pants. 